All right, all right. Good afternoon, good morning, good day to you. Welcome back. We are streaming live from Black Riders Weekend at the 5th District Podcast Studio at Constellations in Sweet Auburn District of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, this is a culturally-based workspace that offers private offices and beautiful meeting spaces, such as this state-of-the-art studio that we are in today. The sound of the voice you're hearing is me, Blake, a.k.a. Blake the Father. I'm the host of my own podcast called Diary of a Mad Black Man that chronicles my life and my mental health journey. I am also the CEO and founder of the Black Podcast Club, a social network for black creators and podcasts, just a network and come together. And so all the voices, all the podcasts that you all will be hearing during these interviews today, they are club members. So shout out to all my club members, my OG club members representing today. Um, but I have a beautiful, wonderful, I mean, the energy, y'all, I'm telling y'all right now, the energy that is coming through this room um, from this beautiful woman sitting in front of me is almost got my nerves going back because it's just so beautiful, so powerful. You know how when you sit in front of somebody that's just amazing and their, their aura, their energy just radiates through them? Like, that, that's that's the kind of person I'm sitting in front of right now. Um, so I have Dr. Rosalind Best here today. She is an author um, of some amazing books. She is she finna give it to us straight. Her book is called um, S H I T Shit and Essence for Education Hypocrisy. Seduction. Seduction. See, 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 I'm not going to butcher the it's okay. It's Rosa. okay. We're not going to tell you that. Like, I'm going to okay. let you do it. You're it's gonna okay. Do it better than I am. So go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us about Hi, everybody. Thank you so much, Blake. My name is Rosalind Best, and the name of my book is Seduction, Hypocrisy, Idolatry, and Tailbearing Happens in Church. S-H-I-T happens in church, and it does. And this book really covers a gamut of things that I encountered, what I thought was a church, was actually a cult. Mm. And it was taking place around about the same time Jim Jones was doing his thing on the on the West Coast. This was taking place in Sarasota, Florida. And um, we were under an evangelical ministry that was controlling, uh, manipulative, oh, and wow. it was evil. It was pure demonic. And so... I wrote about my 18 years of experience being affiliated with this ministry as well as a ministry that 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 started to do their own thing, but it carried the same seeds of corruption and cruelty and dishonesty. And so um, this book, it, it will make you laugh. It will make you cry. It will make you evaluate your life and understand the importance of letting nothing separate you from the love of God, mm. not even the church. Mm. That's beautiful. I, I'm so you know, shout out to, to Tamika and everybody here at Black Writers Weekend uh, this weekend because it's just amazing to see us as Black people being able to come come together and celebrate such beautiful works of art and people like yourself. Like, have you ever experienced anything like this before? Absolutely not. This has been so enriching. But we, me and another young lady, arrived early, and she was so thoughtful, so cordial. Mm. She said, "Hey, you can come sit in my car because I'm running the AC." And I was like, "Wow, that's so nice." She drove in from I think it was South Carolina she did a five-hour drive another lady from Miami and we just the synergy between us was so powerful that it was it was about empowering and encouraging one another it's not about me 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 but it's about we 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 and us as black writers having a platform where we can share and learn even from some of the technology that the young lady was using I was like oh I gotta do that and I gotta put this on my podcast and I gotta put this on my card 
it's it's just such a positive energy that I never expected. This reminds me of Southern hospitality mm. because the South has lost that. Mm. It, it disturbs me when people of color don't speak to each other, when they don't even look at each other, when they're passing each other, when that was a nature of growing up. I'm a baby from the 60s. I'm not ashamed to say it. I know I look good and great, thankful <laughs> to God, but... I was born in the 60s right during that transition when Dr. King and they were starting um, integration. And I was fortunate to have an experience with a Caucasian teacher. She changed my life. Okay. She was the best thing ever happened to me. She empowered me. She knew as a second grader that I had leadership abilities and qualities. She never stifled it. And so... I'm, I'm just thankful that she knew I was going to be a little writer even then and encouraged me to write. And here I am with this book that is it's a game changer for people that have been hurt by church. And you want to know what to do with the SHIT you've been through. This is the book you want to read. Mm, that's dope. I, uh, before we dive into that book, cause I feel like that book's going to be some SHIT. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I also want to hear a little bit. Tell us a little bit about where you're born, where you grew up from. Like, where did, where did you first? Okay, I'm a country girl. I okay. don't make apologies for it. I was born in Panama City, Florida. Okay. Um, I grew up in a little part of town called Millville, and we lived in the area of town where poor white people and black people, we, were, we weren't integrated, but we, we lived a couple of streets from each other. Um, I grew up in a very um, dysfunctional uh, environment, uh, father dealing with PTSD and all kind of violence and alcohol and things sort of played components. Um, but I was fortunate to have educators that made a difference in my life. Mm -hmm. And um, I went on to, I, I did some things concerning, I was a, uh, an athlete. I played volleyball. Um, was on, I wasn't good at basketball, but I was affiliated with sports. I'm just an extrovert. I love being around mm -hmm. people. I love the energy that I get from positive people and that's what I love about this Black Riders Weekend I just I feel like I've been engulfed with love and acceptance and I've been thirsty for this even with COVID living alone and just being isolated mm. you know you you see the few people that you know that's in your family but being here it just feels like an epiphany and I'm just so glad to be a part of it yeah yeah me too I'll share a little bit of my journey you know when I you know, sitting here in front of you doing these interviews in the studio and everything, it's like, wow, you know, this time last year, I decided to take my podcast journey seriously and started to really tap into my creativity because I was like, I don't know what's going on in the world outside these four walls, but I still have to find a way to keep my sanity and keep focused so I can see the other side of this. I don't know Absolutely. what's going to happen, yes. but that's really when I started. That's when I created the Black Podcast Club. That's when I started to go hard for Diary of a Mad Black Man because Lord knows I was going through it mentally. Like the mental anguish I went through last year in 2020 was a lot, you know, and even still to this day, now that I have, you know, a much better solid understanding of what mental health is versus mental illness versus the different types of illnesses that I have and I still deal with today, it's been a beautiful blessing because it's through my creativity that I've been able to find healing. Yes. That I've been able to find a sense of peace, a sense of hope, a sense of motivation. Um, and so now to be here this weekend and to be like, like we kind of celebrate a little bit. We turn <laughs> up, we laugh, and we're in person. Yes. You know it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, and, and I just love it. And I just love to see us and my people win. You know, I do, it's, too. It's a beautiful thing. So um, so let's really talk about your book because I, I really want to get into this. So what inspired you to write this book? Um, and tell us a little bit more about what it's about. Um. What inspired me to write this book was the the 
the history of things that I experienced. I was a praise and worship leader. I was the director over the Christian school. I was, um, I wrote, I play piano, I sing. I, so you, I, you grew up going to church? No, I didn't. I was a oh. heathen. Listen, I got saved with a dime bag in my purse. Listen, I was going, okay, let me just tell you, the, let me tell you the truth. I wanted to get high. My sister had talking about she got saved and i'm like you weren't lost what do you i didn't understand the the this christian this verbiage so i said listen i'll go to church with you if you'll take me to the club because my mother wouldn't trust me driving the car mm -hmm. so i was like okay i got my hash a lot of people don't know about that hashish and uh i had my i had my uh my weed and my hash and i was like okay it's in my purse i told him i'm not sitting by you i ain't in these holy rollers and stuff just sit over there and i'm gonna sit over here something about that music was calling me I called myself an atheist I said there's no way I've gone through so much disappointment in life if there's a real God then that means he, he doesn't love me it's how I felt and in that experience the worship music was playing and I just felt I felt this these sensations and I was like God if you're really real show me that you're real and Blake, it felt like rivers of water just flushed from the top of my head through my soul. I felt cleansed. I felt a love and a euphoria that loud couldn't give me. We couldn't give me that high. I felt a sensation like for the first time in my life, I had someone that loved me. And I felt this presence of love to the point where... I had tears coming out and my and I didn't know what was going on. I was having an experience with God and I just want people to truly understand God is not hung up on our hangups. He's just not there. And too many times we think this I can't do this, I can't do that. Just come to God as you are and that day, I remember because we were heathens. We used to drink with my mom. <laughs> Listen, we used to we used to drink. We used to smoke, you know, cigarettes and stuff. And we didn't go to church. So here I was with this dime bag, and this, I know it was people say the devil made me do it. This voice said, "If you don't tell anybody, you don't have to. You can still keep up with your plans." Mm -hmm. But I went into that church basement and I said, "Lord, I don't know how to live saved, but if you will help me." I will do the best that I can. And I flushed that loud. I flushed that weed. I flushed that hash. And my sister came to me. She was like, what happened? I said, I don't know. She said, did you get saved? I said, I wasn't lost. But she said, did you accept Jesus? And I said, I don't know. She said, well, I want you to tell somebody. I've accepted Jesus. And I was like, okay, I accepted Jesus. And the second person, I said, I've accepted Jesus. And by the time I told the third person, I said, I've accepted Jesus. And I felt just this, you know, when you're a new Christian, you just want to save the world. You just want to save everybody. And I realized that the church was not the place where I thought it was. I was so dedicated to God that people took advantage of my sincerity to him and took advantage of my loyalty to him and exploited it for their benefit. God is going to hold a lot of these wicked leaders that are in powers of position. He's going to hold them accountable for what they've done to his sheep. You know, you can't babysit somebody's child and they come home and the child has scars and, and gashes and lashes and the child is crying because they've been abused. 
you got to explain what happened to that child under your watch. And that's what is going to be taking place. God is going to hold leaders accountable for what has happened. This book was written to express. It's not all. Listen, I'm a humorous person, but some of the chapters, some of the stuff I saw in church was ridiculous, like speaking in tongues for idiots. Uh, the anointed penis with the holy seed. Really? Laying hands on breast. Really? Spiritual food poisoning. Coughing up demons and women with three vaginas. Just. These are, these are chapters in your These book? are chapters in the book. Ooh, holy keys, holy water, holy cloth, holy shit. Bait of Satan. More money means more prophecy. Mm. The more the, the $20 line, $50 line, $100 line, the $100 line, you and your whole family got a prophecy. The $20 line, you just might have got a God bless you and keep going. So your subconscious mind says, if I give more, I get more prophecy. That is taking advantage and raping the sheep of God. And that foolishness has no place in church. If Jesus were alive today and he is in me. That's why I'm on a mission to whip some of this stuff in shape and get it right. You can't sit and, and claim like you holy and you doing stuff that is that's straight up evil. Not to God. She he ain't having it. Yeah, no, it's you know, there's a lot of a stigma around the black church. So have you received any like backlash from, from your book and, and it, like writing and, and telling <laughs> your stories about your experiences? Not one, not really? one, not one. And that's only because. See, the perpetrators that did the deeds know I know their secrets. Mm. So when you know I've been kind enough to keep your secrets a secret. But now I'm exposing the evil. I'm exposing it. I do it on my podcast. Wake up, church. We've been asleep for too long. I'm talking about things that, have, that are taking place, that have taken place. See, if I was telling a lie then you can say you're a liar. But if I'm telling the truth and you know, I know the truth. I know the truth about what was done. I know the truth about what was said. I have evidence. You cannot dispute the facts. You can't dispute the truth. You won't challenge the truth unless you've got another truth, which will be a lie. Mm. I'm not a liar. Mm. I'm telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the butt naked truth. Mm. I love that. I love that. Now, um, now I do want, want to take a moment to thank a, a couple of our sponsors for having us Absolutely. here today. Um, definitely Refuge Coffee House, the Apex Museum, and also the Sweet Auburn District, who are actually hosting us this weekend. I just like, I'm just in this moment, like, dang, they really brought all these amazing, beautiful black writers and creatives together um, just to share and celebrate our life um, and the things that we've been able to create and produce. Um, and I know when we first sat down and talked a little bit off mic, um, you were telling me how you were you were in a coma um so that sounds like like, like a near-death experience you transitioned over so i definitely want, want the people to know a little yes. bit about that. what was that like yes for you? tell us what happened that is actually chapter 25 24 charismatic witchcraft what's, that, uh, what's the name of that chapter again chapter 25 charismatic witchcraft charismatic. you got christians operating in in witchcraft and so you've got people that are Wiccan and they operate in what they did. I'm just telling you my experience. I had two Wiccan on my job, two women that were dark sided. I had no idea. The girl walked me to my car on January the 31st. She touched my left shoulder. She closed my car door. She says, Dr. Best, have a good weekend. I said, oh, thank you. I said, that was so nice of her. I don't know what she did. But the next morning when I got in my car to drive to Walmart, my heart stopped. It wasn't a heart attack. It was not a stroke. They call it ventricular tachycardia. 
to sudden death. And they didn't know what was going on. When that happened, I remember just saying, Lord, Lord, please. And then everything blacked out. I was in a doctor-induced coma because two people resuscitated me. They were determined to try to keep her, to bring me back to life. And I coded several times. I was in Tampa, Brandon Regional Hospital in Tampa, Florida. And they started... The doctor started saying, we don't know what to do in order to bring her back. You know, she has zero neurological activity. People in a coma do have some neurological. I had none. I died. I crossed over and I came back. And my doctor said, you died on us. And I told him I just needed to see my mother. Hmm. I got to see my mother, my grandmother, and my sister. And they traveled with my spirit as it was coming back into the hospital to enter back into my body and my soul was standing up against the wall and watching. That's when I understood that the eyes are the windows to the soul. Mm -hmm. And so when all three parts of me came back together, it was miraculous because the Wiccan had told the girls, I worked with girls in serving time. I was their English teacher, DJJ, and she told them Dr. Best will never walk back in this building. And when three weeks later I walked back in that building, she was shocked. When people mess with the dark side, it's unfortunate if it doesn't accomplish what they meant for it to do. That same young lady, right before I left that department, she fell dead in her office. She fell dead. They didn't understand why. I was shocked. And I'm like, what? She ended up in a car accident like I did on the same street of Lumpston. She ended up in the same hospital I was in, which was Brandon Regional Hospital. They put a pacemaker defibrillator in me. They put a stent in her heart. But she had told all of the people I would never walk back in that building. And when I did, she knew that the the, she had to give she had to deal with the fact that she had sent something evil against me and it did not accomplish what it was sent to do. She was shocked when I walked back in that building and she looked at me in disbelief. Mm. I'm alive today because the purpose of God is to help people understand God is not concerned with what you're hung up about. He's concerned that you don't hang him out to dry because he's got poor representatives that claim to know him and they don't, they don't really carry his heart. God is love. And he loves us. He loves us unquestionably. He loves us. And too many people are picking points and looking at what you did wrong when you don't look at how God feels about. You don't know how God feels about me. God loves me for real. God loves you for real. But too many people are in a position trying to pimp their what they think is the gospel. And it's heresy. It's evil. It's demonic. Love people. You love people enough. They'll want to do right. They'll give up what they never wanted to give up. If I'm in love with you and you're a smoker and I let you know, babe, I love you. You know, that bothers me. I care about you. I want to see you live a good, long life. And I express it in love. It'll make you think, you know what, maybe I'll cut down a little bit. You know, you know, uh, uh, because it's done in love. The church is missing the love. They don't know us because we don't love. God help the church. 
Listen, that's deep. I, I love that. Um, I also, um, before we wrap up, I want to know about your podcast. Oh, my podcast. Your podcast. So I, tell the people about your podcast. Okay, you okay, it, okay. Doing it. Blake, I started it last fall when we fell into fall back. Uh, daylight saving time. Okay. I started it that Sunday because I said, church, fall back. Fall back in love with your purpose. Fall back in love with the God that you knew when you were young and you weren't religious and you weren't dogmatic about trying to make people feel convicted. Don't don't do the Holy Spirit job. Just love people. Love them and treat them the way you want to be treated. That's the whole gospel. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul and love your neighbor like you love yourself mm. that's it the rest of it is just mechanics leave it alone but my podcast is called wake up church we've been asleep for too long the church is gonna get some straightening done before he returns we have to get it right because we're the people that are, are supposed to be an example i want to be a living example one thing I'm, I'm promoting is a fun and fitness weight loss summer camp for kids in fifth grade, eighth grade, and 12th grade next year. I'm trying to get fit so that I can be that living example. The church has, an ob has a morbid obesity issue that we just sit and we just eat and eat and just pile it on. And that's not being healthy. That's not. If Jesus had self-control, then why can't we control what goes in our mouth? Come on, church. We got to get it together. So we got to be fit, having fun and fitness. I love to swim and get fit i i don't really care to walk but i will walk whatever we need to do we need to get fit for life because this journey is not a sprint it's a marathon and we've got to be prepared for the longevity yes ma'am yes we do look i feel like i'm in church right now the way <laughs> i went to church real quick oh, where the collection pay that <laughs> um, but yeah but definitely um they can reach me on youtube uh just simply look under rosalind best r-o-s-a-l-y-n-b-e-s-t click subscribe and that will get you my podcast are no longer than 14 minutes and 55 seconds that's it because i don't believe in wearing people out i get to the meat and potatoes and leave the rest for uh for later all right all right you took the words right out of my mouth you need, you need to plug yourself so you heard it here um you know where to find her um definitely check the description box wherever you listen to it some more information where you can find us um again my name is blake i'm the um, host of diary of a mad black man if y'all want to find me diary of an mbm on instagram or go to diary of a mad black man.com you can also follow and subscribe to the club the black podcast club anywhere in the social media world we're out here in these podcast streets so dr rosalind best thank you so much for thank coming you. here sharing thank your you. energy your journey look forward to connecting with you more in the future absolutely um, looking forward to some more great interactions this weekend at black writers weekend um thank you Appreciate thank you, you. thank you